Hello and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. On this episode, our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, brings us a special message for Mother's Day titled, Mothering Through Crises. If you want to watch the video of this message or listen to this week's worship, you can do so on our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or you can find all of that and more on our Brookwood Church app. We pray that this message encourages you in your walk with Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Online Church. And I want to wish you an especially happy Mother's Day. We're all hearing that the quarantine restrictions are loosening, but your children have been home for eight weeks already, and they might not return again to school until in the fall. So you mothers are practicing parenting under pressure, and you're being forced to become homeschool teachers, whether you wanted to or not. This morning, we're going to examine the actions of a mother who was under extreme stress, a mother who was attempting to protect the life of her child through this Mother's Day message that I've entitled, Mothering Through Crises. And my reference this morning includes not only those who have given birth to children, but also other women, other people who are helping to raise children. And it certainly includes grandmothers as well. The theme verse for today is found in Proverbs 22 at verse 6. And many of you know this. This version is from the Good News Bible. Teach children how they should live and they will remember it all their lives. I think that verse is a great encouragement for the exhausting work for the investment of time and and trouble that you're putting in your children right now. You know, I want to start this with a little bit of background information. About 400 years before the birth of Moses, there was a young man named Joseph who advised a pharaoh on how to survive a severe famine in Egypt. And as a result, because his plan worked, he was allowed to bring his Hebrew family, which had grown very large, from their home in Canaan, where they were also suffering from famine. Now, through the centuries, these Hebrews multiplied, and they became very powerful. And it threatened a king who had come to reign, as I said, hundreds of years later, and didn't know about Joseph and had no loyalty or appreciation for his people, for his descendants. This particular pharaoh tried to limit their expansion by enslaving them and by oppressing them with very, very difficult labor. He ordered Hebrew midwives to actually kill newborn boys, but they refused because they feared God. And so the king intensified his threat. Now Moses' mother protected him through this crisis. And you mothers are protecting your children from many threats today to to their health and also to their faith. So I want to touch several essentials to protecting my child or my children. First, 
you have to discern the dangers. Now, I'm going to be working from Exodus, the very end of Exodus chapter 1 and Exodus chapter 2. Now, the last verse in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22, says, Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River. But you may let the girls live. And then I move into chapter 2, verse 1. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now this couple whose names aren't mentioned here, but they're mentioned in chapter 6, verse 20. And their names, I would, if, it, if we were at church, I would ask who knows them. But they were Amram and Jochebed. And this couple knew what was going on in their culture. They knew what the Pharaoh had ordered. So they were aware of the dangers to, to their newborn son. Now you mothers in our culture, you have had to become aware of the risks. So you've discovered information about this coronavirus, how it's caught, how to avoid it, what's the duration, how do you recognize it, so that you know how to respond. Now, you could have merely ignored the threat, but the risk to your child is too great. So you've paid attention, you've read articles, you've watched programs to become informed. Our culture provides other threats to our children as well. Threats to their faith, threats to their morality. And so you must also be aware of cultural influences that are biased against God, against faith, and against the scripture. And these are coming from entertainment and from social media. And they might also be coming from people you know. So you must, like the ancient leaders of Issachar, I love this reference that found, is found at 1 Chronicles 12, 32. You understand the times and you know the best course to take. So here's my question. Are you mothers staying aware? Not only of information about this illness, COVID-19, but also do you discern dangers to your children, not only physically, but also spiritually that are found in our culture? Another essential for protecting your child is that you must determine to follow God. We go back to Exodus chapter 2, the latter part of verse 2, where it says, She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Now, the Egyptians at the time of Moses' birth worshipped at least 39 different gods. And after living there for four centuries, many Israelites also practiced idolatry. But not Moses' mother. She refused. 
Jochebed was determined to follow God, even if she was in the minority, even if she stuck out in her culture. She decided to live by faith in a hostile land. She knew that this child was special and that he'd been given to her expressly, intentionally by God. Now, I think, and to those of you who are part of Brookwood know that when I say it's something I think, you can just consider it. But it doesn't have a biblical mandate. But I think that this implies communication from God about Moses. I think perhaps she gained specific insight about God's plan for her son. So she was even more motivated to protect his life for God's purpose. Hebrews eleven twenty three. 23 parallels this passage in Exodus and it says that she and her husband hid Moses by faith knowing that God had given them an unusual child a child out of the ordinary and because of that they were not afraid to disobey the king's commands You see, because of their faith, because they knew God had a calling and a plan for not only their son, but that included their lives, they served and feared God, not Pharaoh. You mothers today must determine to follow God in every area of your lives and to prepare your children to also follow God's plan for their lives. So here's my question, moms. Have you determined to obey God's word always? And that means to accept his opinion about morality, even when it conflicts with our culture. Your commitment to God and to his word is always on display to your kids especially now when they're at home with you constantly. You see, I don't think faith is taught as much as it's caught. And children will absorb their mother's attitude toward God as they observe and experience your faith. Your faith will etch the reality of God into their minds. It'll influence their thinking. And it will protect them later from skepticism and unbelief. You know, I've told you I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional home. But I grew up with a mother who was steadfastly committed to God. Who was convicted in her life to serving God. And so because of that, even though I was not a believer... I never had a single doubt, not for one day, that God was real. Though I wasn't born again personally, individually, until I was a senior in college. But I could never question the reality of God because I saw it etched in my mother's life. And hers was not an easy life with a 
husband who didn't give outward evidence of faith. When your children see you living faithfully, especially when you're exhausted, especially when it's inconvenient, it builds biblical values in their lives and it influences them toward personal faith at a later time. You say, I don't know whether I'm doing a very good job of this. Are you struggling? Does it seem difficult to display faith? Do you feel anxious? Are you afraid? Are you, do you feel lonely and isolated during this time? Well, well, let me give a suggestion. Take some time alone with God. In quiet, if possible. Now, I know you'll say, well, that's easy for you to say. Read your Bible. Where should I start? Well, spend some time in, in this situation, our current situation. Psalms 91 is particularly helpful. Or back to that favorite, Psalms 23. You know, the first part of the first chapter of James is also very helpful. So read the scripture and pray. Listen for God's voice. You see, well, I, I don't know how I can work that in. Well, let me give you an example from history of a woman who was shut in with 10 children. Susanna Wesley had 10 children at a very deep faith. And so she needed to get along alone with God. And what she would do is sit in a rocking chair and throw her apron over her head. And what I've read about her said that she would pray like that daily for two hours. Now, I'm not saying you, you can do it at Susanna's level, and I certainly don't do it at that level myself. But find a way, make some time, go to a place, and begin to connect with God. Because as you develop intimacy with Him, your faith will grow and he will become more real and your worries will diminish. A third essential for protecting your child is that you must develop a plan. Exodus chapter 3, chapter 2, verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, he was getting noisier and probably difficult to contain. She got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds at the bank, at the bank, along the bank of the Nile River. See, Jochebed devised a detailed practical plan. This wasn't just wishful thinking or hope or even prayer, which was essential. But she also had to do some planning. And she devised this way to protect her son and then she implemented it. See, you mothers are also taking practical steps to provide safe environments for your kids. You're using tools and you're following practices to protect your children from this virus. 
You're wearing masks and you've probably made them masks as well. You're using hand sanitizer and antibiotic wipes. You're wiping down packages when they're dropped at your door. And many of you are soaking fruit in vinegar before you eat it. And there are other measures that many of you are taking that I'm not even aware of. But you also develop plans and practices to protect your children's faith by monitoring what they watch, by screening out harmful influences, by using parental controls, which are included in all TVs today, and setting time limits on electronic devices. You know, I'm going to say something particularly meddlesome here. I don't think children should have complete control of these devices. And it's questionable that they store them in their own room away from your watchful eyes, whether it be a TV, a computer, or a phone. You know, when my children were young, we used what was called a TV guardian. And it was attached to the television and it would screen out offensive words and phrases. It would substitute with closed captioning a different word and it would block out the word that was being spoken. But you know, another thing that we did, and, and sometimes this was embarrassing for them and maybe even uncomfortable for us, but we limited our kids' contact with families who would expose them to subjects and shows and movies and attitudes that we didn't think were appropriate for their ages. You know, I embarrassed them sometimes because they would call and say, uh, this is the movie that's going to be watched at the birthday party. And I don't feel comfortable. They got to where they would call and I'd pick them up. And it was embarrassing for them and uncomfortable. But as grown married women today, they would, they would tell you that it, it helped to shield them from particularly these sexualized images at too early of an age. Now, all of these protective measures require effort. And I know that you're exhausted, but you don't have to do it alone. You can enlist assistance from other family members and other friends. Jacobed did. Look at verse 4 of Exodus 2. The baby's sister, and again, if I was at church, I would say, what's her name? And her name is Miriam. Then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. This young woman, maybe a girl, learned courage. And she likely learned it from her mother or her parents. You see, this plan had to be carefully thought out by keeping in mind the goal of protecting Moses' life. Where could the basket float safely but but be contained? Where would it be out of sight of Egyptian soldiers and other people who might report the child's whereabouts to the king? Where could... Miriam, the sister, watch without being observed because if she was seen, her life would also be endangered. So we continue to see what happens at verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, 
she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. I wonder if this was part of the plan. Perhaps because there was no way that they could hide Moses all of his life. And if it, even if he was spotted at an older age, 7, 8, 9, 10, the Egyptians would know he shouldn't be alive. We continue at verse 7. Then the baby sister approached the princess. See, she, she leaped out for this opportunity. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Now, of course, she would need a nurse, but Miriam jumped out there and offered a Hebrew woman. Yes, do, the princess replied. So, that the, girl, so the girl went and called the baby's mother, Jochebed. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Boy, isn't that a sweet verse. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Jochebed received the opportunity not only to nurse, but to bond, to nurture, to teach, to train her own son in her faith, in her values, for several highly teachable years and to be paid for doing it. I think it was Jochebed who taught Moses that his people were Hebrew, not Egyptian. And we see that reflected later in Moses' life. And I think she taught him that, that he as a Hebrew worshiped one God, not many idols. You know, moms, there is no one that children trust as much as you. So you have an opportunity to take advantage of their openness to you, their resilience, their receptivity to your words and your opinions, especially in these highly teachable years. So you can inform them about your faith in God and the identity of Jesus, the truth of the Bible and biblical morality, as well as your values of giving and serving, of honesty and fairness, of love and forgiveness. You can teach them what the true meaning, the biblical meaning of marriage is and everything else that's important to you. You're planting seeds that will bear fruit in their lives throughout their lives. But even now, ask your children questions about what they believe, but also about what they're thinking and what they're feeling during this time. If they are anxious or afraid, then, then repeat back to them what you hear them saying. And then ask if they want to pray with you and ask God what he wants them to know about this fear, about this anxiety. And let your child learn to hear from God at a very early age.
You know, as Miriam helped her mother protect Moses, you too can ask other godly people to assist in training your children. Certainly family members and friends, but we have a wonderful staff of pastors here. Boy, I implore you, if you live here, and especially if you're part of this church, take advantage of that rich resource. Don't neglect this, these teachable years. Gain some assistance from not only pastors, but also our Christian adults who volunteer and love and teach your children. They can provide support. They can assist. They can help you to build biblical truth into your children's lives. And then there's a final essential for protecting your child. And that is that you must depend on God because there are many things you cannot control. And verse 10, later when the boy was older, you know, in Egyptian culture, Moses may have been as old as six. But even among Hebrews, a child could be as old as five before he or she was, was weaned. So Moses may have been six years old here when Jochebed brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Ultimately, Jochebed had to surrender her son to this Egyptian princess. And this Egyptian woman would become his mother and would raise him in the philosophy, the religion, and the values of Egypt. At this point, Moses' mother and family could only pray. But, but that's not a weak thing to do. That's a powerful thing to do. And they could trust God. Now, Jochebed may have not known clearly from God. We can observe it. And perhaps she knew that, that giving her son to this Egyptian woman was God's will. And it would prepare him for God's plan for his life like no other training could have. But her comfort after handing him over could only come from her faith. You know, one day, moms, your children will leave home. They'll leave home as small children in kindergarten to be gone for a number of hours. And you might like for a few of those to happen today. But after 18 years, they're likely to move out of your home or sometime soon thereafter to take a job or to go off to college. And you can't be there to protect and guide but you can do it now and in many ways it's more effective because you're planning it in their minds and they carry it with them into whatever environment they go where faith and belief in God is challenged moms let me say this as your pastor and those of you who are watching in other places, I believe you're doing a good job. God knows your heart. He sees your efforts to protect your children. And He will help. He'll fill in the gaps 
So trust him with what you can't control. And let us help you as I close. You know, spend some time if you, if you have downloaded the outline and the message guide. If not, you can do it after this service. Review the verses as well as the, the several passages I mentioned. The 23rd Psalm, the 91st Psalm, James chapter 1. Review these and you can click the link on your screen for more resources from brookwoodchurch.org. Let me close with this passage. Philippians chapter 4, a very familiar one. At verse 6. Don't worry about anything, moms. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will protect you from fear and from worry as you mother through this crisis. Thank you for watching. Let's pray. Father, I do ask that you'll heal the sick and that you'll prevent illness from those who are well. Lord, I do pray that you would preserve the livelihoods of many, Lord, and those who have lost jobs, Lord, that you'll quickly replace them with other, even, even better jobs. Lord, I pray that you will not waste this difficult, stressful time, but that you will use this crises, this pandemic to change lives, to draw people to faith, to build others in their faith, and to conform our lives to the image and likelihood of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life. One of the ways that you can do that is by getting connected here at Brookwood. Email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call us at 864-688-8326 so that you can get in contact with our Connections team. You can also find our message archives on our website or on our Brookwood app. We are so thankful that you listened today. We pray you have a great week.